Welcome to the Life Pro Podcast, where today I have the pleasure of having Star Hansen, who is a certified professional organizer and clutter whisperer, TEDx talker, and very ple- I have big pleasure to have you here today. I'm excited to talk about our topic, which is organization, which is near and dear to your heart. And But before we get started, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, thank you for having me and thank you to everybody who's listening. Absolutely. So why don't you give us a little uh, background on your life and your journey in life? I was born in a hospital and no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started organizing about 20 years ago and I fell into it. It was just an accident. And I always laugh because, you know, there's no great hero story. It's not like, oh my gosh, I just found this. It was like, I kind of made up a career. I was like, oh, I can organize things. I feel good at this. Let's do it. And thankfully there was an existing industry for it. So I just... Right came in and it was before the organizing industry has become what it is now, which is, you know, a $12 billion industry and growing by the year. And, you know, Marie Kondo, Home Edit, like all the big things. And now everybody understands organizing. And for me, when I started my practice, it was, yeah, I'm good at organizing. This is great. But I noticed really quickly that there was something bigger going on in people's clutter that was stopping them from getting organized. And for me, that's a much more important conversation than what box is best for your closet or yeah. which color labels works for you. You know, I, I'm really interested in figuring out why is the clutter coming back no matter what you try. Yeah. And, you know, before, yeah, I do want to delve deep into more like not only physically organized, but like actually mentally organized and like having organization in your in your everyday life. But, you know, uh, let's talk about what organize. What does it mean to be organized? Like if I if I say I'm organized, what does that mean to you? It means you have a quote unquote an appropriate number of items and those items have a home and it's easy for you to use them and put them back again. That's like the basics of organizing, right? That your stuff serves you, that your home is a supportive space for you. That's, I think for me, the basics of what organizing is meant to do. Yeah. So let me ask you a question here. Uh, my wife, my wife is actually an organization specialist. She, she dabbled in, in, in the industry a little bit. Um, she's, she's very good at getting organized. Um, but she loves to throw things away. Like she throws everything away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that, is that a part of getting organized? Like, Hey, if you don't use it, get rid of it. Like, don't Oh keep- yeah. Well, so what you're describing now is the purging process, right? So right. when we talk about, so an organized home is like a home is set up for success, but the process of decluttering is a totally different process. You can be organized and have an appropriate number of items and function in your space. But, you know, imagine if someone you love passes away and you inherit all of their items, and now you have to make sense of this chaos that you didn't have to have before. So for sure, when we're in the process of sorting, organizing and decluttering, Yes, purging is a big part. And she's, you know, near and dear to my heart, your wife, because I too can be an over purger. There's so many times where I'm like, where is that? Why did I get rid of it? It's like in the moment, it made perfect sense. And then later I'm like, oh, hot damn. What did I do? It was like, oh, so it's um, some of us really love purging and some of us do not. And, you know, there's space for both. I think some people purge because it's uncomfortable to sit with some of the grief and painful feelings that are in, in items. Some people just have a sharpness and a clarity, which is, I'm guessing what your wife has, like she really knows what she wants and where she's going and what fits along that journey and what doesn't. And for other people, the concept of purging and paring down is really stressful and terrifying for them. So there's, there's room for all of us at the table of the chaos world. 
I'm the guy that keeps the Nokia charger from 2003 because I might oh. need it. Oh, my friend. I, <laughs> I mean, what'll ha- what cracks me up too is I used to work in, so I started my business in LA and then I moved up to Northern California and like Silicon Valley and, ooh, you've never fought, yeah. really fought gladiator style until you have tried to get a techie to get rid of an outdated piece of technology. <laughs> Like an yeah. Apple II, it's never going to happen. It's like yeah. a relic. It goes from being functional to dormant to museum quality. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's, yeah. That's funny because I was thinking the other way. I wish I still had my Apple IIe from when yeah. I it was my first computer. I'm like, I wish I had it just to like keep it. But I'll you know, give you I, a few names. I know some people. <laughs> I know some people who have one. So, so why, why is it trouble? Like, I mean, my wife is very good at getting organized. But we have trouble staying organized. And I think that's yeah. a common common theme, right? Why, why is it so hard? There's so many reasons. So when I'm looking at the deep cause of it, it's if you have recurring clutter, there's almost always a way that clutter is serving you in some way. Like the, the fact of clutter, maybe it's helping to save time from having to walk to the back of the house because you're busy. I think you guys have kids. So it's yeah. right. Like that two minutes to walk to the back of the house and back is actually very important when someone's having a tantrum or, you know, yeah. needs to use the restroom or whatever might be going on. So sometimes it's a time saver. Sometimes we use our stuff as a communication. Like I might leave something out on my kitchen counter. So I don't forget to take it with me. When I leave, mm-hmm. we might be using it to creatively inspire ourselves. Um, we might be using it as a boundary. I mean, I see this a lot when people are like, Oh my gosh, they'll hide things in plain sight in their clutter or, if they have clutter, nobody can come over for a visit, which is what the introvert really wants. But now they have a good excuse. They don't have to say, I don't want you coming to my house. They can just be like, sorry, the house is a mess. No, thank you. But we have to look at how is the clutter actually being useful? Because when it shows up over and over again, it's helping, whether it's saving you time, reminding you of something, acting as a boundary, helping you stay connected to someone. Like sometimes we leave items out from people who've passed away because when we see those items, we feel connected to them. And when we really start to see what's there, then we can make better choices. We can make more conscious choices instead of the unconscious ones that most of us tend to start off with when it comes to our clutter. Yeah. So what do you, I mean, what do you say to somebody, you know, I had a, I had a business partner that, you know, he he called it organized clutter Mm -hmm. Uh, because if we, if we takes it and piles it up, then he can't find it. (laughs) So look look at like (laughs) Albert Einstein was a genius, right? He transformed the way we look at the the world, physics, everything. And he had clutter and he was still a genius. So for some people that's their state. Like those I call our, yeah, our creative geniuses. So I would never take someone's mess away, quote unquote mess. It's our mess to us, but not to them. I would never take that away because that helps them be creative. And it's actually, they've done studies that have found that people who have cluttered desks and environments actually tend to be more on the creative side versus the conforming side. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Now, what we need to do is make sure that there are boundaries because just because your partner has clutter doesn't mean that that clutter needs to start to like bleed into your area. So we just have to designate, okay, your space for clutter or chaos, organized chaos is here. And if it's hard for you to look at it, there needs to be a barrier. You know, what, what I like to say is, you know, say yes. And right. It's like, we look at the concept of improv, which is say yes to everything. You're not allowed to say no in improv. You have to say yes. And so it's the same thing with clutter. What if that's working for him? What if it's working for you then not to have to look at it? So where's the solution where both of your needs get met? And that's where we have to start carving out 
systems that work for everybody, especially when you cohabitate with other humans, which is so complicated. It's just complicated. So the way, I mean, the way that I um, define organization is everything has a home and you know where everything is and you can easily obtain it is can can we take that a step further or is that is that it that's great i mean no i mean you know please there are people who would give their right arm to experience (laughs) that you know what i want to go even further to say is you know it's 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 fine to have an organized space Mm -hmm. but are the objects supporting you in the life you're currently living or will live in the future you could have a giant house and everything could look perfect because you have the space to store stuff away. But if those items are painful, if they remind you of an ex-lover that you, mm-hmm. you know, that really triggers you or a negative situation that you're, you know, using this stuff to ruminate with, that's, I don't care how organized it is. It's affecting you in a negative way. So if you want to take that organization to the next level, you really want to go in there and think, does this stuff propel me forward in the right way? Right. It's kind of beyond even Marie Kondo. Cause I love, and everyone loves, does it spark joy? Because that's so simple and easy to apply, but taxes don't spark joy, right? right? Like my stiletto heels on any given day may not spark joy after six hours of wearing them. Right. And yeah, I might need all of these things and they help propel me forward in my life. And so you really want to ask, is this stuff, if all of these items were an extension of energy. Would I be filling my home with the right kind of energy? And that's what we want to do. We don't want to have art that we feel meh about or clothes that make us feel insecure or paperwork for old projects that we're beating ourselves up about, but we don't want to forget to not do it again. We want to clean up our environment and really start to curate our spaces to support where we're heading. We'll talk about that further, like the psychology of of being organized and how that creates a better life. Cause that's, you know, that's, that's the concept of the life pro podcast is like how to have a better life. And these are the tools that we're providing people and organization is one. So how does that, how does that make you feel good and positive? And I mean, anytime we're surrounded with joyful things, it's, it's nothing but good for us. And here's the thing, you know, when you buy a piece of art, and you put it on your wall and you are just in love with that art. Like every time you pass it, you're like, hey, yeah. I love you. you know, it's like, yeah. and then after two weeks, you don't see it anymore. It's like it fades into the background, mm. but you will always be positively affected by that beautiful piece of art because it yeah. has so much love in it for you. And that's what we want. We want every single room of your house to be infused with that level of love, connection, success, joy, clarity. And, and then that way, when the clutter and chaos of day-to-day living, which is very normal happens. It's like built on a foundation of love and joy and success and creativity and empowerment. And what I do a very simple thing, you know, talking about, you know, creating a hack or, you know, a what's our, you know, our manual for this, every single room in your home, ask yourself these three questions. What are the three to five activities I want to do in this space? How do I want this space to look? And how do I want the space to feel? If you write those down, hang them on your wall, cross-reference every single object that you decide to keep or get rid of against that list, you will only have items left in that room that support where you, what you've decided for the space. And that's a very simple way. It doesn't mean you have to get rid of those things forever. They just might get relegated to another room, but we want to start having more intention with our spaces because if you are suddenly storing in your office tons of stuff, you know, for the kitchen, that might be fine, but it also may really be kind of 
you know, messing your brain up and it's actually not allowing the kitchen to be the best version of itself either, right? Like what we're trying to do is look for a way of balancing our home and creating harmony by having a clear intention and then having the items, just like you said, be there to support us, to be there when we need them, to not have to go through three steps to reduce the barriers to entry. And instead just feel like the home is kind of, you know, the wind beneath our wings. Like how do we get it to like really support us as we fly? So what do you say to somebody that comes to you and says, star, I just don't have enough space. Like I have all this stuff and I just don't have enough space. What's your answer? So that's what I call practical clutter. Well, first I'm going to challenge that every single time. Cause we all say that uh, I don't have time. I don't have money for this. We all had the pandemic where we all sat at home and clutter and disorganization has never been a bigger topic than it is today. So we had the time it didn't work. And yes, sometimes more space will help. But the truth is that if you, we need so little, like think of Pareto's principle, we use 20% of our items 80% of the time. So if you have 300,000 items in your home, which is what they've done studies to find 300,000 in, uh, items in your home, you literally need so few that you're actually using. Like you probably wear the same 10 shirts. You wear the same three pairs of shoes. You read the same five books. You, you know, it's like we do the same things. And so I would say if you are limited on space, your option is you can either increase the amount of space you have, meaning move to a bigger house, expand, reduce, you know, like if you don't cook, turn your kitchen into a library. I don't know. You can like repurpose spaces if you want to. I mean, obviously not the oven, but so it's, you know, like you get to choose how to set up your space. If you never go in your living room, turn it into a gym or turn it into a craft room. Or the second one, which is the obvious one that everyone talks about, which is pare down, purge things, get rid of the things that you don't need. Because, you know, we want to look at, and this is, I'm being a little ornery on purpose because it's so normal for us to um, defend our challenges and say, I just don't have enough space. No such thing. Like prisoners live in a cell, right? Native Americans used to go from Pueblo to Pueblo. And when they left, when they needed to leave their homes because of, you know, drought, they would take their pots and they would break them on the ground. They'd go back to the dirt and they would keep walking with only what fit on their backs. And so we think we need so much. You don't need five TVs and 40 pairs of shoes. And, you know, so it's, we have to make these choices like, really take a moment to breathe in and say, what do I need to be happy? And for some of you, you want 200 pairs of shoes and that's totally okay. And for some of you, you can get away with two pairs and feel really okay. And then you have the space back in your home and in your mind and in your heart. So you really have to ask yourself, are you defending your limitations or are you looking to create opportunities in the spaces of your home and in the spaces of your life? Yeah. So speaking of life, I mean, how do how of a lot how let's let's talk about actually being like mentally organized and having mental clarity yeah. uh and and creating that flow um how do we get how do we get mentally organized mm, start small start small you know we we are so blessed to have this supercomputer between our ears you know it's most people that i know that i work with that are in that kind of creative zone they're always collecting great ideas oh my gosh there's 200 browser tabs open and there's 50 half projects done and there's just it's so exciting and joyful and what we want to do is we want to give more of ourselves to less imagine going really deep on one project instead of kind of half-heartedly doing 20 projects and 
that's our choice. And it's tricky because some people are very inspired at the onset of a project and completely repelled by the completion of a project. And so we have to get creative, but we can. And, you know, I, I really focus on having a practice that is non-shaming because I don't, some people's brains are never going to like to finish things. They're just not going to. And so if you know that, then you call a friend and ask them to help you, or you try to outsource that and hire someone who can do it for you. Stop rejecting what you know to be true about yourself. If like, for example, I, I love being in the creation mode of my business. I love writing books and I love writing speeches and I love coming up with content. And I am also a verbal extrovert. So me sitting at home alone in my office is not effective for me. I'll spend eight hours pushing one idea around and get nowhere. But if I hire an assistant and we sit and we talk for an hour, I will do 15 hours of what I would have done on my own in 45 minutes because mm. I've used the, the right like crutch for myself. I've used the right support. So my suggestion is always to lean into the support in the areas where you know that you need it and allow yourself to go as small as you can. So you feel like you're really focused, like, again, giving more of you to less. Yeah. No, I understand that uh, completely, but it's, it's, it's challenging, you know, within my circle of friend, a lot of us are very busy with careers. We have families and kids. And I find that a lot of them start saying they, they, you know, I'm too busy to do the things that I love to do. And they start cutting things in their lives and they're, they don't get that appropriate balance between like taking care of themselves um, and doing the things that they love and focus on their careers and families and it and it takes a toll on their lifestyle and their well-being. For um, sure. And I think too it's we're entering this current, you know, financial climate where people are really pulling back their spending and feeling a limiting experience around them and what I want to say to everybody wherever you are whatever you're struggling with is there's a way to be organized from exactly where you are. We have been brainwashed by the organizing industry and by forces at large that we should be hustling all the time and we need a box for that. We need to yeah. pay for this. We need 5000 hours to do that. You don't. If you don't have time, put on a song. Put on your favorite song and organize for 5 minutes. You do that every day for a year, you've done a giant project. It does not have to cost a lot. It doesn't have to be a big deal and in fact like some of the so organizing is hygiene we think of it as this big project but it's actually just ongoing hygiene you don't brush your teeth once and then say i never have to do that again you know it's like yeah. you show up and you do it again tonight and that's organizing there's a level of maintenance that goes on and a caring and if you can start to shift and see the caring of your home to be a version of caring for yourself and if whatever you can say yes to is enough like and i think it is i think if you have 1 minute today and that's all you do. I think that's enough. And if you have yeah. no minutes tomorrow and you choose to cuddle with your baby on the couch, that's enough because yeah. that will feed you for the next day where you have two hours and you will feel like a superhero in those two yeah. hours because you've honored every day before that. Yeah. And I think we, we save time by being organized because then we have the proper flow and that, you know, whether it's physically or mentally organized, having that flow and understanding how to read and react to situations uh, gives us the mental clarity to, to have a better life. And I will say too, I think, you know, this conversation wouldn't be as rich if we didn't talk about calming our nervous system because we live in a hustle culture world that says, go, go, go. Maybe your kids don't need five sports. Maybe they need two. Maybe you don't need to spend time with 10 friends. You just need five and finding again, the sweet spot, giving more of yourself to less, like really saying, what are the things that 
fill my cup, feed my soul, calm my body, calm my mind. Because when, because if your external circumstances are a reflection of your internal world, the calmer you can be in your body, the less clutter you're going to require to create homeostasis, homeostasis between you and your environment. So I would always say to like my clients that I work with and my students and my, you know, communities, work on first and foremost, taking care of yourself, being calm, taking that nap, doing, going for a walk, doing a meditation, like give yourself, fill your cup, because then you will not require the clutter to, to be in that homeostasis, which is really what happens when we're chaotic inside, we create chaos on the outside. So we can feel at home and you don't have to do that. We can work from the inside out as well as the outside in. Why do you think we do that? Why do you think we fill our plates with more that we can eat? And why do you think that uh, not only uh, with with what we need to do, also with what we buy? Why do we buy so much stuff? Why do we have to accumulate so much stuff? We're trying to get our, yeah, we're trying to get our needs met. We are trying yeah. to fill a hole. One of the ways that people use clutter is for security. So if you grew up in an environment where your needs were not met, I tell the story of a client who had one pair of jeans growing up and she had to wear those jeans every day. And this was like her going to school in the eighties when it was embarrassing to not have guest jeans or, you know, whatever was going on. And so she grew up, she had, you know, created this amazing career for herself and 200 pairs of jeans later, she had to really reflect on the fact that she had overcompensated and had taken it too far. And there's nothing wrong with that because she was using that, those genes to feel a sense of security and stability when she didn't experience that growing up. And so what we want to do is we want to reflect on what our clutter is doing for, for us, like what, how we're using it. And then ideally we get that need met without the clutter. Like, yeah. so if she needed, for example, to go and work on her trauma because you know, I can't wave a magic wand and be like, now your clothes are gone. Like if you have a trauma wound of scarcity and lack, And you need a little support to work through it, to know that you're safe within yourself and you can be safe without the 200 pairs of jeans. It's the same thing with someone who, for example, uses their clutter to hide things. I had a client who would hide his valuables in clutter because he had had a robbery at his house and lost a lot of important things. And in his mind, if he, if the robbers couldn't find his valuables, then he would be okay. So the clutter made him feel safe. So we needed to brainstorm several ways of how he could meet his need for safety and security without the clutter. So we really want to start to unpack why, what that clutter is doing for us and how we can meet that need without the clutter. Great. So go over the steps of getting organized. I would imagine the first step is understanding that you have a problem. (laughs) It's like a 10, 12 step program. No, I actually, it's, I actually have 10 steps that I guide people through and your listeners can download them at organizingiseasy.com if they would like. And I won't, I won't go through all 10, but what I will say is we start with intention. We start with those three questions that I shared with you earlier. Where are you going? Because how can you get somewhere if you have no idea where you're going? You're just going to go around in circles. So from there, you want to pull, you know, you want to collect your tools, make sure you have everything you need. Then you want to work in a neutral space. It's amazing to me when people are like, this is a cluttered space. I'll do it right here. And I'm like, please, for the love of everything holy, don't do that. Yeah. Because, you know, our brains like, don't like change. Our stuff doesn't like change. It wants to stay where it is. Your brain says, oh no, that's where the pile of mail goes right there. So we want to break that connection and we want to work in a neutral space, even if it's on the floor, on your bed, wherever. So pull the things out, work in small areas. Don't take on the whole garage, my friends, just one tiny one little area. Yeah. Cause we're like, you wouldn't yeah. run a marathon overnight. 
I decided to run a marathon. I'll do it today. You want to start small, do your purse, do a drawer, do a cabinet, do one small, a console of your car, do something that you can finish in 20 minutes. And so you want to pull everything out, categorize it right. According to your brain. And if categories are hard for you, I want you to think like a target, what section of target would this be in? Like, where would I find this? Think of those categories. And then once you've created the categories, you're not making decisions yet. Then you go in and you evaluate every category. What do I want to keep? What do I want to get rid of? What fits in this room? What goes somewhere else? Then you take that stuff where it goes. Then you clean the space. Then you put things back in an organized fashion. And then you determine your maintenance plan. How am I going to keep up on this? What am I going to do? Then you have to decorate the space, make it beautiful. So you don't feel like you're living in like, you know, a Costco. And then you want to celebrate just being awesome and completing a project. And I will tell you, it is going to serve you way more to do 20 small projects than one big project, because most of us have tried to do that one big project. And then we burn out and feel like we can't trust ourselves. I'd rather see you do 20 small projects because then that big project becomes the, the obvious next right thing to do. So start small, practice these steps, and then, you know, allow yourself to build up that muscle memory of how to organize in a, in a realistic way. Awesome. So one rule of thumb I've always had was if I haven't used it in the last year, I get rid of it. Do you have yeah, any, anything I else? Do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to, so when I first started my business and I was doing all the TV shows, you know, they, they need sound bites. It's like only handle it once Ohio. If you haven't used it in six months, get rid of it. Okay. All right. I mean, look, your taxes, you can't get rid of it. You haven't touched those in a year. You're going to have to wait a few more years. There's certain things, right? But I I do love finding one of the things that I do in my programs is I help people figure out what questions they need to ask themselves. What, you know, does the time question work for you? Keep doing it. There's nothing wrong with doing it, but it's not the only question, right? We can ask ourselves, like, do I feel guilty when I see this? What makes me feel sharp and focused? Like I, you know, does it spark joy is another one, right? So it's like, what are the, you know, and you only want to have like three to five questions because if you, you know, it's like, we can't have everything be unique because then that's why we get overwhelmed. So you want to ask yourself like, okay, great. I like for me, I only want things in my bedroom that make me feel happy or peaceful. That's Mm. all, nothing else. So nothing productive can happen in my bedroom, right? Mm. Nothing guilt inducing can happen in my bedroom. It's like, like I really have to be, I have to monitor that. So for me, it's more about the feelings, the sensations of what I want to experience. And so you just have to figure out what your questions are that make you feel sharper when you're looking at your objects. Well, the funny thing is, because this shirt, I bought this shirt a few months ago. It's and very I hate. Pretty. I like it very much. No, I hate. I like oh, you the hate print, it. What? But oh, I okay. hate the way it fits. It's the the. It's just the sleeves are like I don't like the way I feel in it. But I yeah. still I still wear it. I still wore it today. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, well, and it's like well, it's tricky too because we're like in in Zoom land, so everybody's like like as long as I look good from the yeah. waist up, it's fine. Yes. You know? Yeah, it's just, I mean, it was so, good for for yeah the Zoom, but like I just hate wearing it. It's like I got to yeah. get rid of it. Why do I keep this thing? Totally. Yeah, because it's because. <laughs> we call these like, these are little limiters, right? Like every time you put it in, you just feel like a little uncomfortable. You don't feel like you're, you're shiniest self and you deserve to have, even if it's just five shirts and they make you feel amazing. Like I'll never forget. So watching the minimalist documentary and they were interviewing people who followed project three, 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 where you basically have a capsule wardrobe of only 33 items in your closet. And I've tried that before and it's a great concept, as a woman, it's hard because my body fluctuates like in the course of a month, it fluctuates. Mm. So it's really hard to be like 33. I'm like, can I have 66? Like I need a little different, but I loved that when he was talking about the fact that every single thing he grabbed in his closet, he loved, 
he only had 33 things, but he loved every single one and they all looked great on him. So like, mm. for me, I hear that you like, if you like the look of that shirt or if the texture was really nice, but the fit was weird, I just take it to a tailor, get it to like zipped in and have it. I mean, I will not lie. There are several pairs of pants that I don't currently wear. Thanks COVID, but I won't get rid of because they've been tailored to the inch of my body, the specific yeah. curves of my body. And there's no way I won't find that brand again. I don't live in LA anymore where there's the blue jean tailor who can tailor it within an inch of your body. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, I'm not getting rid of those because, because I love them and I'll be back in them soon. But so yeah. it's, you know, like we want to take the time to create our life to, again, our life to serve us. Not for us to be constantly like dealing with like, oh, I got to wear this thing again. We have to wash that. That's so annoying. It's like, we want to remove any of those things because those are the, those are the bits of clutter. You can be totally organized and have clutter. Clutter is the, ugh that you feel every time you grab that shirt, mm. that shirt goes because it brings up a yucky feeling for you. So I don't care how great it is or expensive it is. If you don't feel great when you wear it. And I also say this too, for shopping. If I buy something and I haven't worn it before the return policy, it goes back mm. because if I don't love it enough to just throw it on my body right away, I don't love it enough, enough to keep it. So by, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. it's gotta go. Yeah. I mean, the most successful uh, entrepreneurs in the world, I think I've heard have one outfit. They just have like 10 of the same shirt, 10 of the same pants. Cause they don't want to make a decision. They want to save time in the morning. They just want to grab and go. Yep. Totally. That was me. When I worked in the field with people, I would, I had the same outfit. I had. 10 pairs of those socks, like five shirts. Cause that was how many days I'd be, you know, working in a week and five pairs of pants that were the same. And I never had to make yeah. a decision and it was amazing. And it's, it does help. It's just, so, and, and also because it's not just that you're saving time. You're also sitting there in a calm state of mind saying, what is the best outfit that I require for my daily living? It's like, for me, it was like yoga pants and a t-shirt because, and both black, because I might be covered in dirt if I'm crawling through your attic or spilling things on myself when I'm opening up a bin of yours. So I need to be filthy and have you not know that I'm filthy because I'm you know yeah. like working in dirty yeah. conditions. So it's, you know, like really taking the time to strategize. It really is amazing. And then also that's you strategizing what feels best on your body, what feels best to your budget, like taking the time to really yeah. Like find those things that feel like the, you know, that puzzle, that puzzle, um, that last puzzle, when you put it away, like the puzzle piece, when you just tap it in there, that's what I want it to feel like. Like that feeling yes, that, this yes, fit, that relief, this fits. <laughs> totally yeah. completion. Yeah. And I, and I, and I've always tried to do that focus on, on quality over quantity when it comes to my closet. But yeah. for some reason, I just tend to, you know, see things like, oh, that looks good. I'm going to grab that. But well, I'm working towards it, working towards it. It's also not just your fault. Like we live in a society and I say this a lot with people. We have entire industries that are studying psychology to get us to buy things and collect yep. things and take yep. things. And it's also the same struggle we're having with our kids. You want to know why your kid can't get off the phone. It's not because there's something wrong with your kid. It's because psychologists are being, you know, questioned about how to make devices more addicting. So, you know, we also have to be a little mindful and share some of the responsibility that it's not all on us. And we get to unhook a little bit where I can be like, okay, great. I'm going to make a mindful choice and not let advertisement tell me what to do, or my phone tell me what to do, or Black Friday deals tell me, you know, yeah. it's like we get yeah. to choose to take our power back. Yeah. I love that. And I, and I think that you've empowered us here today with all that you've taught us. Um, but last three questions that I asked all my guests, uh, what, what is one thing you want to teach the world? How to feel at home within ourselves, 
how to not feel like we need a single object to feel like our true selves, but just to be in that beautiful state of beingness on our own. Yeah. And to be, to be authentic to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. It, is there a book that uh, might've inspired you or changed your life? Yes. Um, so Thich Nhat Hanh wrote a book. Well, he didn't write it, but he didn't know he was writing a book. So Thich Nhat Hanh <laughs> is this wonderful monk who um, passed away in the last couple of years, but I just love his books, but he has uh, a book called Fragrant Palm Leaves, which mm. is a collection of his journals. And it's just delicious. It's just, I mean, it's like poetry in motion. And I love that these were just his journals. This was mm. the way he thought, the way he lived his life. It inspires me to go slower, to find magic in the ordinary. It brings me a lot of joy. I love that. And I'm trying to do that myself, just kind of, you know, really feel life, like appreciate even the small things and just like not, not feel you have to like kind of rush through decisions and rush through life. Um, and I, you know, definitely keeping organized physically, mentally is a big part of like, you know, living a better life and a, a true, your true life. Um, yeah. The last question for the day, before we let you go, how can people uh, follow you or get in touch with you? Absolutely. So I think the best place is my site. I have a page also that has a few gifts for your listeners. If they go to starhansen.com and that's H-A-N-S-E-N forward slash podcast, they can get a free copy of my book. Why the F am I still not organized? They can also take a quiz to find out what clutter monster is keeping them disorganized. And that's the greatest place to start because once you get those resources, you can go a little bit deeper because organizing is a very personal, emotional thing. And I like people to feel like they have some options and then I'm everywhere. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm you name it. I'm there because, you know, business owners, we got to be all yeah. the places. So yeah, but I think starhanson.com forward slash podcast will give them some really great free tools to just continue the organizing journey from here. Phenomenal. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes. so Everybody can uh, take advantage of, of uh, your generous offer and all that information. I would definitely check it out myself. I appreciate your time. I had so much fun today. I hope you did too. Very much. So thank you so much for having me. I want to remind everybody, like, follow, and share, and help us spread the word. Take care, Star. Thanks.